0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Thanks so much, James. See you later, kids. Why don't I pray for our kids as, as they go out, and also just our church family in general. A few, few other families missing today, and a few of our Older folk as well, this cold is bringing on a fair bit of sickness for a lot of people and so we we'll just let's just pray for them, pray for our church. Uh, if you have come prepared with an offering or you give online, we're going to pray for that as well and so much going on in this church and so we just pray for just, yeah, I'm going to list a couple of things but let me just pray for everything and uh, if you were here last week, Anne, Wayne, John and Lois were commissioned, they're joining a team at Southport to head to Vanuatu. They're getting commissioned this morning at Southport, and so we'll also lift them up as well. Let me let me pray, Father God. Thank you so much for everything that's going on in this busy, little but growing church, and we thank you for the multiple ages in this church, from the kids heading out now to our older older people to everyone in between, and so we just lift up those in this cold that although it's magnificent weather and although we are thankful for what you always provide in the seasons, we do acknowledge that people are quite sick uh, with the flu or cold in this season. We just pray that your presence is known, um, that your strength is known. If it's little kids that are sick, that your strength is known to the parents as well who are losing sleep and are probably exhausted. And so we lift them all up. And Lord, we just pray also for those that are contributing towards this church with their offering. We pray that that is blessed and that every cent goes towards disciples being made and the furthering of your kingdom. And Father, just lift up and keep continuing to strengthen this church family. Thank you so much for it and we pray for Anne Wayne John and Lois as his church family travels to Vanuatu and we go with them or we pray you go with them which is far more important than us going with them but we will pray that we'll just they'll be on our minds and we'll pray that they are changed and the people they come across are in danger of meeting Jesus I lift this all up to you in Jesus name amen. amen good morning everyone if you don't know oh thank you I should have left it time to respond if you don't know me, my name's Steve. One of the pastors here, and we're uh, heading into a new series in a moment. But I just, I want to just show you two things that are coming up. This is the first one. We talk about small tables in this church. It's our small group process. Uh, we're constantly trying to formalise that a bit more. There's already small tables running, but on the after church on the thirteenth, from twelve um, from twelve to two, we're going to run some training. This is for anyone that is running a small group, a small table at the moment. This is anyone curious about a small table, or this is anyone just looking at that and going, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to go and see, you're welcome as well. We're just going to do some basic training and hopefully start forming a few more small tables. I'd like to see at least 80, 90% of our church in small community. Uh, Why? Not because I need to hit some KPI, but because I think it's good for us. It's good for our formation if we have people around us that can keep us accountable and we can journey together. Whatever that looks like, whether that's coming out after a surf and just opening the Bible together and asking each other what God is doing or that's a full-on Bible study in a home or it's a bunch of young adults sitting around snacks or it's a coffee out here that's intentional. Whatever it looks like, um, and if you're interested, please come along August the 13th yeah, after church by about 12 to 2 p.m. We will try not to go over that. We'll try to honour your time. We understand It's Sunday afternoon. Is that all right? Awesome. And then the other one, Alpha, Uh, starting weekly from the 2nd of August. I'm going to be running that in here from August every Wednesday night for the next 10 weeks. And so the question I want you to ask yourself is who could you bring? Who's been curious? Who's been sniffing around your faith and church and wants to know a little bit more? And you could say to them, right, you may not come Sunday just yet. However, come along to Alpha. It'll be a really, oh, we want to make it a really fun, engaging time as we look through what is, if you don't know what it is, there's an Alpha film series. It's phenomenal. Absolutely top quality production, these video series. I found out the other day why this church that runs Alpha offers it for free, the whole world. I found just a fun fact for you. I was like, why do they have so much money? <laughs> how can they offer Alpha with this high production value to the whole world for free? I'm like, how do you, how do you find that much money? <laughs> Found out it's the church for Mayfair. It's on a Monopoly board. Holy Trinity Brompton is Parklands and Mayfair's church. And so there's deep, deep banking money there. Um, I think there's a thousand-year-old church there. And so that's how they offer it for free, and they also raise the production level. So they're offering that for free. We're running that in August, 6.30 p.m., Love you to come, love you to bring someone if you're curious. It's not just for new Christians, it's really affirming. Those that might have ran it as Christians, no, it's actually quite encouraging to just remember somewhat the basics or the foundations of our faith. And so please take that seriously. Who can you invite? If you want to come talk to Pastor Steve, (laughs) me, if you don't know, I'll register um, online. Um, Yeah, so, but anyway, love you to come along. There are two major things. And the last thing is on the 30th, everybody say the 30th. Last Sunday this month, as part of our gratitude month, we want to say a big thank you to the volunteers, to this church family, and a bit of a celebration, a mid-year celebration for everything God is doing. And so we're going to have a family service. What that means is we're going to have different, we're going to have young people up here. Some of our kids will help take the service. It means the service will be a bit different. Um, I believe Jess has talked to John. I hope you're not just finding about this, out this right now, John, but I believe you're playing. You're going to play a song for us. Just a full church family um, as a part of a big celebration. And then we'll do a bit more of a uh, fancier lunch following. And just, it'll be a good morning. And so, yes, still bring people to church. It'll be a great, fun morning. But also just get be praying and as we celebrate everything God's doing. Cool. Announcement's over. There you go. I want you to have a look at this picture of a group of people here. Just take it in. We all love a good hero. Our culture loves heroes. I've got Princess Diana there, Nick Tesla's hiding in the back, Mother Teresa, Trump, Elon Musk and Obama. We all love a person to look up to. Our world craves, I believe we're designed to worship, and so we always find someone, something to look towards. And these are just some of the people throughout the last few years or decades that people have sought to look to. Whether it's a CEO or as a charismatic voice, even our churches do this they build literal stages i'm standing they build platforms and put people on platforms to look towards and we can't help ourselves it's not necessarily all evil but it's what humankind does we just look to put people up on a pedestal it's completely normal it's not all bad but what happens is quite often when we put people up there and we know this in the last few years last few decades it's the worst thing when you put someone up on a pedestal and they fall short, they disappoint. It consistently happens, and it's happening a lot in our world. Lots of celebrities we thought were living these amazing lifestyles, it turns out behind closed doors the last few decades, were either destructive to themselves or destructive to others. Politicians, a lot of faith, um, probably had more faith in politicians, leaders. It was almost religious further around Trump almost like a cult following when he was leading, help us, help, they were look, and Obama was the same. These presidents, are almost like this next Messiah type character. But they always fall short, or not always, well, yeah, all of them fall short, we all fall short, but some spectacularly. And then we know, um, and I'm not saying all these people fell short, Mother Teresa has not spectacularly fallen in that way. But it's the worst feeling. And what's happened even more recently, and we know this, is church leaders. Even if our culture didn't like church, didn't want to go to church, they thought churches for a long time at least was the safe place. I know a pastor that's older than me and used to get discounts on his pizza if he mentioned he was a pastor. Now if I reckon they, put, they said I was a pastor, they would tax it. Um, I can't believe there's an era. He goes, he goes, yes. Yeah, so I won't say, well, Pastor Bruce, you'd say, and then um, they will like, go, oh, Pastor, okay, I'll give you a discount. Like, that's, that's incredible. But over the last few decades, ministry leaders, people we put on pedestals, even they have uh, been destructive. We know this. We live in this reality at the moment. It's really disheartening, isn't it? It's caused many in my generation and younger and older to deconstruct everything. It's caused a lot of people to be anti-leaders, anti-institution. They won't sign up for an institution because they've been hurt. Um, Or they won't sign up to an ideal anymore. They'll have a hybrid of ideas. They'll mix because they're they're too scared to put their faith in an ideal or a person anymore, understandably, because it hasn't lived up to what they expected. It's actually formed a radical individualism in our society. I'll believe kind of what I want. I'll follow who I want at a distance and I won't trust an institution. I won't trust churches. I won't trust people because they've let me down. You know this. Hopefully I'm not trying to convince you this. This unfortunately is the way and it makes sense, right? If they've been let down, it's not actually, I'm not even knocking people for doing this. Constant documentaries at the moment around the government and what's been going on and there's a current Hillsong documentary at the moment absolutely destroying Hillsong. And you may have some tribalism in you and think, oh, well, they, they get what they deserve. And they, Covering up things is not good, don't get me wrong. However, do you think the world goes, oh, that's that denomination? No, they think that's, that's the church being attacked and destroyed and being accountable. I like accountability, that's good, but it still leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And why trust institution? And then we have these mixed ideals where we live in a really weird space, so if you were to ask everybody out there if they're for slavery, we'd say no. And so we've got people walking around against slavery, which is good. I'm not going to try to convince them. It's good. And they'll be drinking out of their paper straw that's dissolving within 10 seconds of the drink because they're looking after the environment, which is good. However, they're walking around with a phone that was likely dug out. The cobalt in the phone was likely dug out by slaves who are in mines dying, or their kids who have to come with them overseas are dying because of the fumes from the mine. So they walk around on their phone built by slaves that's actually killing people overseas, but they've got a paper straw because they're looking after the world and they're anti-slaves. Like, I'm not even knocking us, it's just we live in a weird hybrid of ideals. We won't sign up for one, we'll just kind of, I'll mix and match. Uh, I like that Facebook post, but I won't like that one I'll kind of just find my radical individualism. Or I, I, met a young lady once who said, "I don't sleep with my boyfriend on Sundays because I'm a Christian," and and, and she like, that, like looked at me dead set like was and, I'm not even knocking her. She's not. Don't worry. She's not here. I'm not. Wouldn't do that. This was years ago, but, that, she'd made this like it's convenient for me on Sunday, and so that's what I subscribe to. Um, just mixing your ideas, um, or we see it—the the middle-aged man. We see these type of scenarios. We see the middle-aged guy that gets a divorce and is, it's it's destructive and everything he believed in. And and women do this as well, but uh, mostly meet with a lot of guys, and everything they know has been destroyed, and the, the foundation's been destroyed. So they just they start they go off on a tangent. We've all got that one person on Facebook. They're like suddenly posting the randomest videos. They've just gone off because they've just deconstructing. I'm done. It's just about me now. It was about my family. It was about my life. It was about building this thing, but I got here, and then it just didn't mean anything anymore. It's been destroyed. So they deconstruct, and next minute they're posting about cloud seeding or the earth's flat, or they're finding a new ideal to sign up to. Then we have students identifying as cats in some schools and they're bringing litter boxes for those students because they believe they're a cat. Um, now, it's, it's both hilarious and both disturbing and both sad because I understand why we're here. I understand that the leaders, the ideals, the institutions we trusted in let us down, and so we're now rebelling with an extreme individualism. Who can kind of blame them? If we don't have anyone worth following... If truth is just relative to the loudest person in the room, no matter their character, if, if, that's, if, if, yeah, if, that, if that's all fallen apart, if there's no one to follow, who can blame them? And if these leaders have no effect on little old me, simple life dad with a mortgage to pay, kids, why, why, why should I not go for radical individualism? if it doesn't even affect, if they don't even know what it's like for me. Just have a moment. That's my painting of current culture at the moment. So just have a second just to take that in and even think about if you believe that, if you see that. Is that what you're experiencing in your world? Maybe not you, but in our world today. Then enters this guy this morning. The Gospel of John. John, the writer of John, one of the disciples of Jesus, we believe, writes this Gospel, writes this account of Jesus in a time where the emperor was claiming to be God, but he wasn't. Where the religious leaders were living out righteous acts, but were not underneath, were quite empty. They're making rules and brand new rules. And things were pretty tight. For John and people like him, things were pretty financially hard, oppressed. And so it'd be easy for those at that time to wonder, does God care about me? Does he even know what I'm going through? Is there a leader worth following? Is there a truth that is true? Is there a truth and way that could actually have an effect on my life? Now, John's time was about, they believe, about 70, 80 years after Jesus has come. So Jesus absolutely could be the answer at that time. 70, 80 years after Jesus could be the answer. But there's lots of questions. It's been about 70 or 80 years. All the other Gospels have been written. And so people are going, wasn't he? He was good. He was a good guy. He definitely did some awesome things. But was he the guy that we hang everything on? That's what they're asking at that time. The empire hasn't fallen. Jesus didn't take a sword and take down the empire. Funny enough, he did. It would show that the Christian movement would eventually overtake the empire. But on the surface, 70, 80 years later, people are asking, was he just a really nice guy? And John is responding. John has a statement to make. That's what we've got to understand about when we open the books of the Bible. The author was trying to say something, has a reason for writing. It's really good when you open the Bible to go, what was the author's thesis? What were they wanting to tell me? That really helps us get off, not get off track or pick and choose verses when we understand what the author wants to say. And so John, which is the book we're going to explore the next few months, obviously we'll have little things in between. We're looking at doing 140th celebration of Church of Christ Queensland. We're looking at doing some more transformation track But probably for the rest of this year, in between, we're going to be unpacking the Gospel of John. And this morning, I want to read the first bit, which is John's thesis to the world. John's saying, this is what this book's going to be about. These are the questions I want you to ask as we explore it. Does that make sense? You wouldn't say if it didn't anyway. You'd tell me after, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Let's have a look. John 1. This is John's thesis to a world that is just as confused today. A world that doesn't know who to look to. He has something to say. And it's bold. It's offensive to that time and today. John 8. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is actually, this is not the John that's writing it. This is John the Baptist. So, yeah, obvious confusion easily, but this is talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, and all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, his own people. They did not receive him, but to all those who did receive him, who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said he will come after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. Far from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the, Lord, the law that was given through Moses, grace and, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who was at the Father's side. He has made him known. You'll see a lot of similar like similar to Genesis. This is the closest thing we get to the Christmas story in John. He doesn't do Mary. He doesn't do Joseph. He leaves that to the other Gospels that had already been written and John writes a... Gospel that aligns with their Gospels, but he wants to say something to this world. And I believe he wants to say something to our world today. What, does he, what is his thesis? Let's unpack that. And this morning, I'm not going to end necessarily with answers, but questions for us to explore this season. And so I ask, I'm going to pray And I ask, as we just unpack a couple of points from this passage, I ask that you ask these questions deeply and real. I'm not looking for a call and response. I'm not looking to go, Jesus is Lord and you all go, Jesus is Lord. I'm actually saying, John thinks Jesus is Lord. Do you believe that? So we're going to unpack this today. But let me pray as we allow the Holy Spirit maybe to prod and convict us And encourage us. Father God, I thank you so much that you're already a part of this morning. You didn't just enter now. (laughs) You were long here before any of us got here. You are dwelling in our lives. But we just pray right now that we would be open to hearing your spirit convict us, encourage us, challenge us, whatever we need this morning, as for this next short moment we just unpack this bold, brave, even slightly offensive to this world, Statement that John makes about Jesus. Let it pierce those places maybe we haven't let it before. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's a word? A word was with God. That always, it's a confusing way to put it. A word was with God. What's a word? Well, John explains here that it's Jesus, but that doesn't necessarily make it (laughs) <laughs> easy yeah, okay they they're solved um a word is the best way i could and i've seen it explained is it's talking about when a king or a ruler would give a word like his word go do this his word and it would happen right if a king said that we also see in genesis right god and his word his creation word it says in genesis 1 3 and god said let there be light and there was light in Psalms thirty-three, six, nine, 9, it says, By the word of God, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be commanded and stood firm. They're explaining Jesus as God, But also distinct in a way that he is part of that Trinity. Very mysterious, the Trinity, and it's allowed to be because I, for one, don't want a God that I fully understand. That's not God. Well, at least that's not a God worth worshiping. If I've completely understand Him in my thirty-seven years of being on this earth, God is profound. God is a mystery, and Jesus is both God, but both distinct and he's the word of god he's this creation force he's this restorative force that's right there at the beginning now logos in the greek is the word it can mean also a word literally or in the mind but either way we see this restorative creating god jesus Ancient, distinct from the Father, but it also is with the Father and is also a God. And he's there at the beginning. What a mysterious, cosmic, beautiful, intense statement to make at the beginning of a book. That Jesus is God. I've put slash divine. That's a, probably a better translation, but it's the same thing. Jesus is God. John wants you to know, because it's the first thing he says, that Jesus is God. Now, we're good Christians, so we know this. You're like, I know that, Steve. That's 101. (laughs) But take a moment to reflect, because again, this whole series is to stop and reflect on this afresh. Jesus is not a politician that will under-deliver. He's not a billionaire tech genius that turns out not to be a genius. He's not a faith leader that will let you down. He is God. He is reliable. And not only that, Jesus, his essence, his creation force, if you will, is baked into the whole thing. It's always been there. I love that thought as I thought and reflected this afresh. He's always been there. He's not this solution at the end, although he is, but he's also been in the whole thing. He's the truest truth. He's not a new thing that just happened. He's a thing that's been happening this whole time before there were things. He's already been there under the destruction, under the distortion, past the gods and idols that we have made it through history. There is a core truth to this reality, and that core truth has always been Jesus. So our ministry as Christians is not to introduce Jesus afresh, It's actually to reintroduce Jesus, to restore the truth. We're not saying here's a brand new idea that no one's ever thought of. We're going, here's the most ancient, truthful idea that's always been. I'm going to give you the silliest example that I've ever given in church. It helped me try to understand it. I checked it with Mez and she said, yeah, it's a little silly. But I couldn't think of another way to explain it. And so this doesn't hit the mark. Just pretend I didn't say it. It's two guys on a roof and one of them is trying to explain to the other guy, and this is how Christians sometimes approach this, we think we've got to explain to the other guy that he really needs to come over to our house and see a house, and he should get a house, and houses are awesome, and they're warm, and they're homely, and you can make them your space, and you can be hospitable with them, and you should get a house. You should come see mine. You should come see mine. Come and see my house. Come inside. Try it. It's awesome, and that's good. But here's the thing in the next slide standing on top of a house the whole time he should have been telling the guy hey you're standing on top of the house go inside i think it's your house you've already got one you've just been standing on it absolute silly example but hopefully it helps a little christians we go come see jesus come see which is awesome come i found jesus it's awesome and that's good but what a confidence instead to say jesus has always been the truth he is what they are hungry for even if they didn't know it He's always been here. He's baked into the whole thing. You're standing on the foundation of creation that he was a part of. And so sometimes it's saying, hey, the thing that you're looking for, or I believe it's Peter that says, hey, all these gods you try to find, I know the name of the true God. You're standing on the house. You just didn't know it. You thought the only way to live was in a slippery, tiled environment in the rain sometimes. But underneath was the house all along. Again, if you're like, that's ridiculous, I agree. But we're standing on it. He's always been there. Jesus is the answer. He was already the answer and he's always been the answer. He's not an ideal or truth you subscribe to. He is the ideal or truth whether you subscribe or not. He's not a preference. He's it. At least that's what John thinks and is proposing. So number two, to align with this, Jesus is God, but he's also the way, the truth, and life. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory as the Son from the Father. And then John began the story so to speak. And so John gives us this and then he starts his story which we're going to uncover the next few months. But this is his thesis. This God, this creative, restorative distinct but the same became flesh. And he points to the truest truth. He's Jesus. And then John gives us one more point to his thesis. And that is that God can be known and God knows you. He became flesh and he walked amongst us. If it wasn't already offensive to the time, if it wasn't already profound, he adds that he actually wants to know us. So he's not that good leader that's distant or mysterious or can't sit down with. He's God and he's known and he knows you. Jesus is divine. He is the truth and his way is baked into life and he knows you and he is knowable. I don't know what you've gone through this week. I don't know how individual you think it is and we live in a world that is so individual. We, speaking of houses, we drive in our driveway, shut the gate, we don't even know our neighbours necessarily and we put our iPhone down Put our—we don't have iPods, but iPod. It's all i i i. It's all me, my list, my subscription, my ideals, my hybrid thoughts. My—I've taken a little bit of Christianity, and do you know what? I've taken a little bit of this, and do you know what? I take a little bit of this. Our world does this naturally. Things like—and again, you know, I'm not saying—but we—I cross my fingers all the time, or hope, or luck. We've taken those ideals. Karma kind of floats in. You know, oh well, they'll get what they deserve no, no, actually the Christian message says Jesus got what we deserved again, I'm not judging, we can't help it, we we live in the world, right, but they get in the house in a hybrid view radically individual I want you to know that whatever you're going through, John proposes that God knows, even that thing you don't really want him to know, he knows even that thing you think, oh he wouldn't care he's got a whole world to run he doesn't just know he's in it He's already been in it. Whether you invite him in or not, if you invite him in, then you can partner and participate with him in it. But inviting him is just recognizing you're standing on the house. Inviting him is going, God, you're already in this. You're already a part of creation. Yes, you're not a part of the destruction and the sin, but underneath it all, you're you're built into the whole thing. I want you to come. I want to acknowledge that you're here and I want you to do some work in this. Even if it's the silliest, or you think it's the silliest, smallest thing this week, God knows. He's lived it. He's a part of it. That's what John proposes. He's in it. Weaved right through it. Just take a second to think about what you've struggled with this week. It might be the silliest thing. It might be a disagreement with a coworker. He knows, and he's a part of it. So I'm going to finish with some questions this morning. And I want us to write them down if we've got a pen and paper or take a picture if you've got your phone. Because they're they're questions I want us to ask over the next few months. And I want us to ask seriously. I'm not asking for call and response. Jesus asked more questions sometimes than he answered. Why? Because he wanted people to reach. He wanted people to grow. Jesus was okay with a mystery. John was okay with using this ancient Genesis-like mystery because he wanted people to dig deeper. And so here's a couple of ways to reframe the three points that we looked at today around Jesus being divine, Jesus always being there and being the way, the truth and the life and Jesus being known and knows you A couple of questions to ask you. Because the writer at the end of this bit references John the Baptist, which might seem strange that he referenced John the Baptist, but he's honing this in. He's saying, hey, because John the Baptist was their celebrity. They loved John the Baptist. He was a We're going to learn about him next week. But he was a wild man eating grasshoppers and honey, comes from the bush, had hair like mine, even cooler. (laughs) He's he's wearing, if that's pot, no, no, he's wearing animal-like skin, animal skin that he's worn over, he comes out of the desert and he goes, someone's coming. And so he's like a celebrity, he's like this, they love John the Baptist. Jesus not so much, but John the Baptist, they adored, something about him just connected with him. And so he's gone, you thought John the Baptist was good, do you understand that Jesus and John the Baptist weren't the same? Jesus is God, John the Baptist was just a really good person. So, I guess I'm saying that to you. I understand you have leaders, you have people in your life that you look up to, you have ways, you have friends, you have things, you have individualistic ideas. But here's the question to ask you afresh this series Is Jesus a preference or king? We love preferences. Preferred meal choices, preference on an event, preferred seating. Is he a good idea or is he king? So when it comes to your finance, that always hits the, or when it comes to your job choice, or when it comes to your future, when it comes to your life decisions, when it comes to your family, when it comes to most intimate and private parts of your life that's going on for you, is Jesus a preference? I really should ask God what he thinks of this, or is he king? If I'm honest, he's not always king in every aspect of my life. So if your pastor can be honest, I pray this morning, you be honest this morning with yourself. Sometimes he's a good preference. He's a good idea, don't get me wrong. But no, sometimes he's not like king in all areas. At least not for me every time. He should be. Is Jesus someone you resonate with or truth and way? The modern generation, we resonate with things. We like things on Facebook. We, we go, oh, that's really cool. I'd like to do that one day. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that. That's completely different to obedience. That's so different to obedience. I can like someone's heart for generosity for the poor in our community. I can like it so much. I can think that's awesome. That's so different from me participating. But in today's culture, we resonate. Oh, I resonate with what you think. Oh, this, even this morning, I resonate with what he's saying great i hope that turns into obedience to the scripture and what god says in your life it's all good to resonate but do you know it's actually the truth in a way it's not just a good idea and lastly is jesus just a good guy or is he your savior do you believe what you're going through maybe it's a colleague you're frustrated with or maybe it's a, a job interview or maybe it's an unknown aspect of your life yeah it could be work it could be kids it could be marriage it could be that future partner it could be sickness it could be health it could be something that you we can't even list today is jesus just a good guy in that or is he the savior do you believe that he wants to restore you that ultimately he wants to save you in eternally you're his do you believe that love us to explore that is that all right this season i'm really excited that we may be a church that doesn't just do call and response doesn't say jesus is lord and then we go straight out there and make a decision that is our own and nothing to do with god i want us to be a church that says jesus is lord and then this stuff he's not he's king not preference he's truth and way not something we resonate or just like or oh, he's our saviour, not a good guy. And guess what? If it's not true, if you're not sure, I should say, if you're curious this morning, if you're here and you're saying, I don't know if this is true, that's okay. Welcome. That's okay. There's, you, you're allowed to not agree with me at all. But all I ask you is in this next season, join us. Join us for Alpha 2. And I dare you to find out. Better than that, I dare you to find something better if you have a better king if you have a better truth a better way a better savior i honestly want to know i'll sign up how 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 if you have something better than jesus you might be offended by this i'll take it (laughs) i'll come with are they looking do you have pastors in that type of belief system what's the career options no 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 because there is nothing better But come let me know, we're we're okay with that discussion. Come tell me straight after, storm up to me after and say, do you know what's better than this? Crystals. Crystals. No, I don't know what it is. I'm not knocking. Whatever, just come tell me. I'm not knocking you. If you think it's crystals, come tell me. I shouldn't have knocked you in case it is crystals. Um, That's always the danger of humour. That's the question. If you're curious, if you're not sure, if Jesus is just a good guy to you, this is the season to find out if he's a savior amen let me pray ben's going to come back up and uh if you haven't written those questions down i encourage you to because this is what we're going to explore over the next season we're going to read the things jesus did afresh and we're going to ask hey is this guy king or is he just a preference is he the truth and way or is he just a good guy And is he our saviour? I believe he is. John believed he is. I believe many of you believe he is. But let's find out afresh together. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much that in the beginning there was the word and the word was God. Stirring this morning amongst sin and brokenness and our humanness is a restorative, creative Order of a being. And that's Jesus. The one that brings life to death, to dead, to death. The one that brings hope to hopelessness, the one that has saved us, the one that is a way and a truth that isn't a new idea. He has always been the way and made known, as James spoke about, through becoming flesh in the personhood of Jesus. Let us explore deep parts. Let us explore deep fears in a, in a world that is so fearful at the moment, so individual because we're going to save every penny. The mortgages are going up. Things look crazy. People are, More and more people are homeless. We really need to rely on something. We really need to follow someone that is actually true. And so, Father, reveal that truth. Reveal your divinity. Reveal your love. Reveal your hope. In Jesus' name, amen.